Destination Earth Star. Pull out of warp speed and lock on your neutron torpedoes. Now! Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. And Joe is out looking for Sam. We're hoping we can find both of them where they're missing. For some longer than others. <laughs> one went out for cigarettes. One went out looking for love. Um, I'm hoping they both come back soon. Yeah, maybe one of them fell in love with cigarettes. I mean, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Every now and again. You know, Sean, since it's just you and me, m- mm-hmm. maybe we can relax a little bit. And instead, we could just talk about the plot of Destination Earth Star before we get into the whole game. Oh, please. Yeah. Yes. You know, we mostly talk about a lack of plots. So I kind of wanted to yes. highlight the developers of Earth Star for coming up with a creative you know, outer space game that still keeps the idea of Earth at the forefront because uh, even though they made it clear that, uh, you know, this does not take place on Earth and that you are uh, from an alien planet, you were originally, like, your ancestors were from Earth. And so as the player, you have this kind of attachment being like, hey, I'm from Earth. I want to help these people, (laughs) the characters I play as in the game, get to Earth. Is that a stretch? I mean, it's it's not a stretch. That is exactly like the the base plot of this game, um, but it still kind of finds a way to uh, undercut it. Um, and that's not just with the whole concept of you know these games have throwaway plots that are mostly just there to give some kind of reasoning for what you're doing. Um, but because that this plot with like. I forgot the name of the... What's the name of the alien race? Yeah, uh, darned if I know. <laughs> okay, the the Xylax. Maybe it's Xylax. That sounds great. Maybe it's something similar. Yeah. Um, apparently, a couple hundred years ago, they, um, they kidnapped a bunch of humans, like, on a ship or something, and then they put them in a zoo. And then they kept, like, you know, breeding them or something, which is kind of fucked up. But, um... Then they became slaves. They're not humans anymore. They're just chattel. And then, and then they became presumably like second class citizens. And then they're like equal. Um, so all this happens on like the first page of the, of the manual. <laughs> um, uh, and now you guys have money. And apparently, you know, the alien race has a similar like venture capital uh, system going where they could do like an expedition to go and find Earth. Yeah. Um, so that's you. Not not too far off from the plot of Slaughterhouse Five. Um, if you t- if you just take the <laughs> part where they're in a zoo and they're uh, being studied, but it, uh, it looks or Titan AE. It looks like it's uh, Kojan is the name of the alien, um, which isn't Kojan. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Whatever you had, it's not as cool. Alien races should always start with like X's or Z's or something or A's <laughs> for alien. You know, like Kojan is like I don't know who that is. Kind of sounds like a, like some street guy. At least it's not though. Like at least it's yeah. not Mars, right? Like that's tired when it's aliens from Mars, it is tired. or even even when they try to go like with the other M 
planet on our solar system, Mercury. It's like, oh, that's a twist, right? Like, they, this time the aliens are in our solar system, but they're not from Mars. It's like, still kind of tired. Like, I like this idea that you're so far away from Earth, but now you've, like, stolen the equipment of the, of your, of the aliens that enslaved you, and you're trying to break free, but you're also, like, being tracked down by them, so you figure, oh, what the heck, might as well infiltrate no, no, no. all their bases. No, Mike, you're completely misunderstanding the plot. Okay. The Kojans are like, they're kind of like a non-entity. Like, they, they're just like, you are, you know, you are an equal among them. They just let you go. Like, you paid for the ship, you paid for the fuel and the food and the whatever. Like, they're just like, oh, have fun, guys. Um, you, who you're fighting is like some, and that's, this is sort of what I meant by they kind of undercut it. Because this is such a unique, at least in up to 1990 NES terms, a unique story that the re that the shoehorning in of an enemy is just like some unnamed like terror like terrestrial terrorists which you know if you wanted it to make plot sense i would i would have made it the uh the race that enslaved you instead it's like like oh everything's fine like they're letting you go and then it's just this third party that they don't actually flesh out at all and I'm just glad I get to complain about an undeveloped plot, you know? Yeah, that seems very strange. I like my story better, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm, I'm, I think it is better. Now, granted, there's no story in the game, so it's not like it really matters to begin with. This is somebody yeah, who wrote true. this in the span of two pages, so, you know, whatever. But, like... Your headcanon is just as useful. Yeah, my headcanon, if anything, like, that's the, that's the joy of these older video games, that you kind of make up the plot right like you you this yeah this story could have been whatever you wanted to be if you if you rented this from blockbuster without a manual right you didn't have to even <laughs> understand the story instead you just say like oh this is a an advanced earth civilization and we're fighting aliens that are coming to earth and they're heading to yeah. destination earth star not you true true or you could be pp trend there you could pretend that you're the invader coming to invade earth but you know all of this goodwill towards the plot and, you know, me celebrating them, it's immediately uh, forgotten, or at least they've abandoned all hope for a good plot because they named the, like, the ship that you fly, the player's ship is named Spaceship Earthship. You can't use ship <laughs> twice. And you're just saying space and Earth, which are two things that are, like, kind of in the title of the game too so it's like spaceship earthship is such a that's a that's like a first round of notes thing you know like there's no way that could have actually passed well you i mean i don't know you remember the the ship that the pilgrims landed uh in the uh, in america with it was called the um the europe ship america ship right right uh, yep you you name a ship by like where it comes from and where it's going. Right. So by your um, logic, it should have been Kojin ship, Earth ship. Pretty much. But, you know, I guess, you know, you can futz it around with the first part. But it has to be the second part needs to be named after the destination. You think anybody's ever named their boat, like, the friendship? <laughs> I would imagine at least some some person has. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, all right. Time to talk about what the game. What would you name your show? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I don't know. I, you know, if I was going to name my ship, uh, I always think about um, in The Simpsons. Uh, it's a throwaway thing with McBain, but the uh, McBain sidekick who dies in the very same scene has a boat that he's going to retire on called the SS Live Forever, and I think that's so funny. <laughs> that is a very Simpsons Simpsons yep, line. Yep, I, there you go. Okay, so what we're playing here, all right, is like two different games. It's one of those ones, again, where, you know, it's uh, it's part shooter with uh, the whole, like, you know, 3D cockpit, dogfighting, uh, you know, 8 by 8 grid map where you've got to track down the enemy alien ships and then take them on one by one. But then the other part of the game is this shmup game where like, you know, it, it it's copying Gradius in a lot of ways, but it controls nothing like Gradius and it's very long and very tedious. And uh, so is technically the, uh, the shooter 3d cockpit stuff. So you kind of forget yeah. that you're switching between these games because each one of them takes so long to clear through. I I don't want to like I don't want to give away like my thoughts too much on but if we just focus on the 3D cockpit for a second, right? That that whole dog fighting aspect. You know, are they covering any new ground than the other uh, you know, pseudo 3D shooters that we played on the NES here? I I'd say no. Um I think so the the 3D like piloting sections, they're very they're very slow paced. Um, I think in comparison to the other games that we've played like this, um, whose names mostly escape me as they usually do when I talk about games we've played in the past, uh, I would say that uh, the navigation tools are a bit more clear and easy to use than those games that we played in the past, but there's nothing new happening. Um, you go to you know the you go to the circles. Those are planets. You might find something there, but most likely you won't, and it'll just waste your time. You go to the numbers, and that kind of shows you how many like how many ships are in that sector, and you you know you just do a standard dogfight to kill them in like the same in in a kind of simpler way than like Top Gun, like we just played. Um, and uh, there's a couple other places you could go to restock on fuel and, and I guess, like, missiles and stuff. But uh, you just kill everyone on the screen, and it's probably going to take you at least 10 minutes because it takes a while to get across the map, and all the enemies are kind of scattered. Unless you, you spam hyperspace, and I, I guess that uses a lot of energy. So I tried to stick below light speed. Um, and then once you clear everyone out, you go to the base and that's where like the, the side scroll, not side scroller, the shmup happens. Right. And so just to, you know, talk about just the grid, right? The eight by eight grid that, um, mostly is filled with a bunch of blank spaces. Uh, and then yes. otherwise it's like, like space. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> but then it's also like battleship, but if, as if you can see the opponent's screen the whole time. And I don't understand this design point, I, I, you, it'd be like in Legend of Zelda, if um, you didn't, if you already had the maps, but you had them on the overworld too, so it was like you already knew the locations of where the where to go were. It's just that now it's like, oh well, but can you walk to them? Like, yeah, I, I can, because there's nothing in my like way. You are describing, you are describing every mini map in video. That's games. true, it's true, but I guess I'm, you know, <laughs> keeping it uh, NES, uh, you know. Uh, 
NESified because uh, yes. yeah, for lack of a better word, because the, the grid is telling you exactly the number of enemies that you're going to run into in a particular square, or uh, if it's a zero, it's a planet. If it's an A, it's an armory. A B for base. Those are cute. A and R, A for armory, B for base. I like those. Zero for planet. Mm, I don't know. Uh, it's a circle. Right. Like they just, right. you know, they, they did the shorthand. Yeah, but the B kind of looks like a circle too, just the way the text is. So I would argue that the <laughs> the planet should have just been a P at that point, right? To also go for the same kind of first letter of the word is you what it wanna is. You want to add lines to the planet yeah yeah or it's like a big it's like a big antenna right these are advanced species they should be having planets with big antennas to talk to each other how do you expect to communicate with aliens like in the future yeah we need you're right we need to be building these antennas now because it takes a while to get them that tall (laughs) all right the the point i wanted to make about the grid yeah the point i wanted to make about the grid (laughs) is that uh all those blank spaces you kind of covered it by saying that's what space is like, but this isn't a simulator uh, in the slightest, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not putting it in the simulator genre at all. No. So do you need the empty spaces? This is a video game. Things should be happening. Is it exciting when you enter this 8x8 grid and the the nearest eight spaces to you are all blank? Okay. I, so I think that even though it's not a simulator, I do think that there needs to be some like liminal situation where it's not like always in battle. Like if you're trying to make this about sort of explore, I mean, it's not really exploring. So I'm kind of, I'm talking myself out of this right now, but if it's going to be this system of here's your zone, clear out this zone and then move on. it, It needs to have some kind of, uh, texture to it of like, emptiness and uh points of interest otherwise you made us have it be like a linear level like it should just be a first person's first person shmup leading into a side-scrolling shmup you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely like um forget for a second that uh it is a 3d space and that they even map they go through the trouble of the x y and z axis and like you can see your coordinates across all three and stuff um yeah if you didn't have that and it was more of a on rails thing it would be even closer to the closest video game i could think of while playing this which is star fox um star fox 2 yeah. uh specifically if you ever played that on the super nintendo um but the the way that you know this xyz works especially with the mostly one-on-one enemy fights is uh is very cool if the enemies were actually any good at fighting uh yeah i, I don't know what that's about i don't know like why they don't fire as often as we do like as the player the only thing really stopping you from using your laser is the fact that it overheats but to the enemy it's like if i don't have the perfect shot i'm not shooting at the player and that just it makes us really weird weak (laughs) dog fighting where the actual obstacle of the fight between you and the enemy is just can you target them can you slow down your speed enough so that you can maneuver around them, lock back on on them, and then hit them. I, I don't think that that's yeah. enough. I, th- I think they should have had a little more prowess to them. One thing, uh, I'm going to circle back to that in a second, but one thing that I do want to give them praise for is something that like we've kind of called for in games that want to have more inputs than this controller can do, and that's having, like, you hold down a button and 
you mess with the D-pad and that like modifies what you're trying to modify. So that makes this whole Z-axis thing a lot more accessible is because it's easy to navigate that because it offloaded other controls to this sort of hold button to modify thing. So I just wanted to give that praise there. It's all happening through the uh, B button plus the directional pads and even the B button plus select at the same time, which is a True. Uh, might be a unique input on the NES. I don't think we've seen that yeah. one yet. And that's to bring the map up and down, yes. right? Yes, so not necessarily not really the most useful. have any reason to. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, but going back to just how the dogfights go, uh, I think that everything that you said is true. And I'm leaning towards, like, oh, they didn't want it to be as... Uh, frustrating as other games that do this with like, oh, it's so fast that you have to keep like retracking them, even though that might be part of the fun of the game. I think another part of this that makes it less fun is that there is no sense of speed in this game. Like you've got stars flying past you, which means that you're ripping uh, and you're always going faster than light. But they move so slowly and they're always moving like that. No matter where, whether you're in a fight or you're going between spaces um, or trying to land at the base, like it's just this constant sort of crawl. So there's no, it doesn't feel like it's edge of your seat, like dog fight. It's just like, oh, he's kind of floating towards me. Like, oh, he's kind of floating farther away now. It should have been a, uh, it should have been a battle inside of an asteroid uh, belt so this way we could complain about all the asteroids in the game and how <laughs> yeah. we keep knocking ourselves into them mm-hmm. Sean you're talking about the unique controls and it's a shame Joe's not here but uh, I can't let us forget that the way to pause this game is to press the A and B button together two things that do things in this game when pressed separately <laughs> when pressed together stop all action in the game yeah, that's probably one of the weirdest decisions that they made um, because, you know, you could still use start for that. To the best because, of my knowledge, you know, start you... doesn't do anything in this game. <laughs> I think it... I, does it not? I can't remember what's... Uh, maybe start... Um, maybe start is how you cycle through the weapons, but I thought that was select. Yes. I think... Oh, okay. Now you got me confused. Nope. It says it says in the manual to select a new weapon, press the start button. So we're okay. I mean, even then, just like okay, now hold B and start. Like you've already introduced this concept. Right, right. And then you know we always talk about this with the cockpits and uh, how oh it's so cool that everything means something. Uh, that novelty is wearing off for me at this point, and maybe it's the fact that it's really, uh, you know complicated here uh not necessarily complicated in that it's impossible to understand everything still functions everything still works but it's all just red text and it's not necessarily like displayed in a way that like you know in the in the top gun episode or even the infiltrator episode we were talking about how cool those cockpits were because one they looked like cockpits and then they had all the information with stuff working on them this one's more like oh we included a um you know an apple II. Uh, text-only version (laughs) of the computer console into the things this way. Technically, you're still getting all the information you need, but I can't read that on the fly as well as I could the other cockpits. Well, you wouldn't need to. Like that. That's sort of been an issue that's been ongoing with this trope. Like with these HUDs, it's 
kind of a stretch to say that most of it is necessary information and this one even more so uh you don't need to know your heading like you don't need to know exactly the uh x y and z coordinates that you're at or even what angle that you're traveling at like basically everything that's necessary is the map um the sort of radar scopes and the like eight dot speedometer pretty much uh in the center everything else is extraneous you don't really need to look at it it just makes it look more complex every enemy in this game is a battle it's not a uh oh you shot them and then they go blow up or you know fall endlessly into space now i don't know how that would work um if they <laughs> if, if ships don't blow up but they run out of power do you still chase them down and blow them up or are you like wow sucks for them they're just gonna drift in space forever i mean if if the expanse is anything to go by like you would just sort of let them suffocate slowly. Wow. All right. That's a that's a tough way to go. I, I I'd show some mercy. I'd blow them up. <laughs> um it depends on who it is. Anyway, what do you think about that design decision that like you know, keep in mind it's not these aren't boss fights. They're just long fights. They're they're multiple shots to take down an enemy. There's not many options for maneuvering other than just kind of slowing your speed down to circle around your enemy. And yes, the lasers have a cooldown and the torpedoes, I don't know, allegedly they work. They never worked for me. <laughs> um, there is two other upgrades you can get later on. But, you know, this is this is the battle system. And so uh, in an eight by eight grid with 64 squares, did you need, you know, and, and there's, keep in mind, it's not just like one enemy on a screen. Sometimes there's two, sometimes there's three. Um, did you need, uh, you know, these to be long battles? I think that the way that they designed the maps, these had to have been long battles. Because, you know, if there's only eight enemies and it takes one shot to kill them, I would prefer this be a smaller arena and maybe make it more action-focused. And it, Because if it doesn't take a while to take them down, like it should at least feel like a mini-boss battle. Like, each dogfight should... It requires some level of engagement beyond point and shoot. Uh, otherwise, it should have just been like everyone in a smaller sphere and you could just see everyone at once. And I'm saying long battle, but it's not right. It's it's 30 seconds. So at max, it's like two know. or three hits, three or four right. hits. And, you know, it, 30 seconds even would be a long time for the battle. So it's not necessarily long. It's just the idea that uh, especially as you first start the game with you know, the targeting and everything. I just worry about the players who jump into this game in 2023. And, um, you know, first off, it's a lot, it's a lot of information to ask for someone to like dig into, right? People like to start their games, and just go right into them. I'm sure that the numbers and letters on this grid mean something to some people, but not everyone's <laughs> going to get it right away. So automatically you're starting in a situation where you're just kind of flying through space unaware. And that makes me think of Star Voyager, another NES game we yes. had a long time ago uh, that was even more, like, dry and um, and blank. But here, I just worry about how, how do you keep people hooked, you know? And clearly, the armories and the bases aren't enough for, you know, for, like, yeah. discovery. Uh, the, the hyperspace is cool, right? Um, probably the only reason why stars should be flying past you 
Uh, it looks very similar <laughs> to what happens in Star Wars when uh, they do. What do they do there? What is that called? I think it's uh, warp. No, no, that's I, I Star think it's Trek, hyperspace. Right? Yeah. I, you know what? I'm the wrong person to yeah, ask. Yeah, Joe would know, and it's a shame that he's looking for Sam this episode. <laughs> okay, it's, okay. It's probably hyperspace. Forget that, though. Forget everything, actually, about this whole 3D cockpit shooting section, because once you take down every enemy on the screen, all of a sudden, the, um, you know, the enemy base reveals itself, and you can go to it, and... Uh, First off, we never talked about this with the armories and the bases either, but or the planets that you survey. But the cool thing about them is that you have to slow down. You can't be going like sublight seven near these planets because you'll just kind of fly past them. So you have to like slow down, locate them, slowly approach them, and then it like it sucks you in. It's it's not really sucking you in, but you lose control of your. Ship yeah, you and get it, to a certain point and you're landing. Right, now. and now you and now you're in the base, or you know you're uh, replenishing your weapon supply. But let's there, there's nothing really interesting happening other than the time where after you've cleared all the enemies off the screen and then you go into the enemy base. This is where the shmup section begins. Do we now start reviewing this game like it's a shmup? I mean. I guess because I—that's what it's—that's what it wants to be, right? Because I kind of question if the—it seems like, from my experience playing this game, every single time I got to the shmup section, it feels like they were given the code for what a shmup is by another team, but they themselves never played a shmup because yeah, this is exactly. gotta be one of the hardest shmups and, and the tightest controls and the. And the uh, Titus controls in a bad way. I'm saying like you cannot move this ship uh, at your own will. Uh, there's a there you one direction the D-pad to move a little faster, the other direction to pull back. That's not going to help you when enemies are always firing. Uh, and and it's not even like the enemies are hard or anything. It's just the the claustrophobic nature of yeah, these bases. Yeah, uh, claustrophobia is what I would describe it as. Because like. You know, in a normal shmup, you've got a whole wide open space to maneuver, and there's a lot of enemies, and they're traveling in patterns, and they're shooting, like, slow projectiles, but it doesn't matter because you have all this real estate. And this is a very, like, it's, like you said, like, they were given the code for what a sh how to program a shmup, but they had never played one, so they didn't really know, like, that base philosophy of design for a shmup. It's not about uh, the... Like man, it like crowd control. It's about going through tunnels that you can kind of excavate yourself, um, and it's more so don't touch the edges. And like the enemies aren't so much like coming towards you and firing at you. Like it's more so based on obstacles. Like it's there's a lot of like missiles that are like laid like traps for you, and um, it. Yeah, it's a very different vibe than most shmups. In one of the only cutscenes for this game, um, you get a really cool 2D pixel art rendering of your spaceship, the uh, spaceship Earthship, which just Earth spaceship Earthship just just yep. drives me crazy. And it kind of looks like the again, sorry, I'm not the Star Wars nerd I thought I was, I suppose, but it kind of looks like a cross between the X-wing. And that other ship that uh, Luke flies in the beginning of Episode Five on Hoth, uh, you know, yes. uh, it looks like a cross between those two ships. 
like the the Y wing or whatever. I, yeah, I really don't know, but you know that's that's not important because I guess the point I was making is <laughs> is that it seems like if they were inspired by anything, it would be that whole like episode four ending where Luke has to go into the Death Star trenches and quickly navigate through and hit that one little spot like. That's the claustrophobic nature of of this, like entering the base and anything can kill you. I just don't. I just don't think it's actually that fun. I think what we wind up getting is a a shmup that you die a lot in, a complete change in game, a game that probably people who were interested in the three D shooter aspect of this game are now completely turned off because they don't like that shmups are these. Uh, 2D's on rails limited control of spaceships like they probably wanted the complete opposite I feel like it's two different audiences and yet I somehow know that even the shmup audience is pissed by this game yeah it's also like some parts just feel unfair like um, at a certain point and you have a button dedicated to firing behind you but usually there's so little clearance behind you and the edge of the screen that and you're not paying attention over there because you have so much other stuff to take it to take note of ahead of you. They'll just come in, shoot you once, and you're dead. Like it, there's no, and and then let's say you die three times, you got to go back to the 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 space exploration part and do that for another twenty minutes. Right. Which which by all comparisons to the shmup, I'm not saying that the game itself is easy, but compared to the shmup part of the level. That is very easy to get through, and so you're really just punished uh, to play through the part that is, you know, that you could that you'll know you'll get to. But then when you get back yeah. to this, there's no guarantee that you're going to clear it. Mm-hmm. It's not even like it's building up to anything cool, though. I swear, like some of the boss fights are just like two circles. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's that. This is the big boss at the end. It's two circles. Wait till the next boss. It's two rectangles. Yeah, it's very strange. It's almost like uh, they just sort of upscaled a couple normal enemies and made them like because you stop moving at least for the first boss. It's just a couple weird looking like look like uh, like turrets or something, and you just stop and you shoot them three or four times and they blow up, and then that's the end of the level. After this kind of gauntlet that they put you through. It's like the the level itself is kind of harder than the boss, and yeah, it's there's a lot of head scratchers here. Yeah, but surely you're very rewarded, right? Like for, for oh, completing yeah. the level, like it's it's got to be a big reward. What happens in the next level? We've we've only been talking about the very first level of this game. Surely they're not all the same. Oh uh, yeah, you just do it again. What? Yeah, you just go back. And you do it again. Seven There's times. Time with... Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know if it's seven. I think it might be six. But like, nevertheless, the, the point remains that uh, th- w- what we described is the gameplay loop. It's not even like, oh, that was the unique thing that happens in the first level or whatever. And now the next level, like they're going to introduce something new. It's like, nope, the, the game switches between this 3D space and this shmup game. And the only difference from the ne- one level to the next isn't even like, it's not even aesthetically pleasing. It's not like space looks different or something, it's, which I, I think would no. be funny if space looked different. Like you traveled so far that outer space now <laughs> looks different. Um, not that that's a thing. 
But it's just, okay, cool. Now this time we put more enemies on the screen. You got even more enemies to clear. And the shmup section, it's even harder. And there's new enemies in the shmup section to shoot. Yeah, the, the shmup section at least looks different in each level, but not by, I mean, it, it's not crazy. Right, right, right. Uh, one, I think, one I think question it, it's I have as hard as it get, It's as hard as it gets right at the beginning. Like, if you yeah. don't enjoy that, you won't like the rest of the game. And that's maybe, it takes maybe 15 minutes to get to the shmup section. And so you'll know right away if you like this game or not in 15 minutes, which is great because otherwise it might take you 40 hours to beat this game. <laughs> I do have a question for you as someone that probably did more research for this episode than I did. Sure. Do, is the ending, like, do you go to Earth? Like, do, do you know? Yeah, so actually the ending is the only time that you get a boss that looks anything other than, like, circles and squares and stuff like that. But it's, <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not particularly interesting. Um, I, I would love it to be some kind of cosmic entity or something, but instead it's like this... Um, nebula looking thing like with with um with two particles surrounding it very cool but afterwards you see the planet destroyed it says the people oh, of okay which could have been earth but it's not it's the it's the planet you were going to and it says yeah earth the people of earth welcome you dot 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 home again <laughs> but it's destroyed i'm not certain that that was earth <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that was your, the final obstacle to get to Earth. So then they don't show Earth. They don't show Earth. They show you text that says that you're This go- whole goddamn time you're trying to go to Earth and they don't show you Earth? Well, you know, it's not like we could possibly know what Earth looks like. You know, a blue planet with green, maybe. In 1990, whatever. did we have a good idea of what the Earth looked like from space? <laughs> I'm joking. You're right. I'm joking. You're right. It, was, it was all here, there be dragons. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, though, Sean? Even worse than all that. Forget the, forget, um, the fact that it's a text that just tells you that you made it to Earth rather than showing you a great visual of the Earth. What do you think happens immediately after that text? Does, does the game start over? Yes. Ugh. Including your I score? Wow. Like, that's crazy, right? We've never seen that before. Usually the one no. carryover is your score. But in this, the score even resets. So there's really no reason to play. They just didn't think about anybody getting to the end. Maybe that was for the best. On the sequels and spinoff side, there are none. I figured. But this is an Imagineering game. Uh, we have talked about them twice before now. They did a boy in his blob. That ah. was cute. Uh, but that, that was, was a, cute. Remember, that wasn't really them, right? Like, like that, was the, that was the developer listed on it. But was it, that Victor? Wasn't that David? No, no, no. It was David Crane, right? Oh, David Crane. Yeah, it was like, okay. remember, it was I like his it was made game. by like a dude. It's like branded yeah. on him. Um, in in the in the main menu, I was like, "That's yeah, crazy that he got his t- his name in there." We don't we don't see that too often, but um, also <laughs> Stealth ATF was another uh game of theirs, and that makes okay. sense because that's the shooter. Uh, so yeah. not sure where Boy and His Blob came in, but maybe they were just tasked at the last minute with helping David Crane uh port it over to the NES or what have you. Yeah, he had 
He had done them a solid in the past, and there's like, yeah, we'll publish your game. Right. Well, no, because the publisher is different. The Imagineering, they just know how to make games. The publisher for this one is actually Acclaim. Oh, yeah, it was Acclaim, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, Acclaim is a company that, like, I... See, like, we, we know all this stuff about LJN and, you know, and their <laughs> reputation, right? And maybe maybe it's not on them. Maybe it is on them. It's definitely on them for publishing the bad games. Not saying they made them. But, like, with Acclaim, that's someone who I've, like, I remember seeing even as a child, like, on the N64 and the PS1. But, like, I don't know, it, like, which game specifically they made. And I don't know how I associate, like, this logo. You know, the... I always associated Acclaim with NBA Jam. Interesting. Okay. Which is a great game. Yeah, I mean, like, that. Yeah, that's a good one to think of them as if you want to think of them as a game. I guess I'm saying, like, I'm very familiar with their logo, and I know I've played many games with it on yeah. it. Just don't know how I feel about them as a publisher. But I also do know that they have a reputation for, you know, being, you know, maybe kind of uh, not being able to read the room in terms of 90s and early aughts marketing. Um, And I think they were making some pretty bad games around then, too. So really, I think the only great game that I know from Acclaim is NBA Jam, unless I'm just forgetting something. And it's very possible you are because uh, they, they've been a publisher for so long. They had to publish at least oh, yeah. one other good game. Yeah. But is Destination Earth Star one of those good games that they published? Sean, we will answer that question on the Essential Games list. The shmup section isn't what removes this from consideration on the Essential Games list. We didn't have an incredible game uh, for like part one of this game and then all of a sudden when the shmup section comes in it's like I'm out that's gonna happen to a lot of people there are a lot of people who don't like shmups and they're gonna say that they're out as soon as that part's revealed but forget that it's not even that part that matters it's really that the uh, the actual like gameplay loop from the very beginning and the thing that you're going to do across all these different levels is pretty bare and stale and uh, it's just about it's just about doing it. It's not necessarily about the fun of doing it. The numbers tell you where the enemies are. You go to them. You shoot them down. They put up somewhat of a fight. I really don't think they did, but you know who know. I can't say if in level five all of a sudden they're fighting like um, Star Wolf. Uh, that's another Star Fox reference. But you know maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It's just not. It's not there right away, and so therefore it's like it's a chore right from the very beginning. And then if you enjoyed all of that, it's taken away from you. But even if you didn't like that part, now you're into the shmup section. Well, good luck, brother, because this is not an easy journey. And we talked about it already. So I just wanted to say that, like, overall, this is a game not worthy of the Essential Games list. It's not like, oh, well, if they had just focused on the space stuff, it would have been a great game. Or if they would have worked longer on the shmup things or followed a different format. It's like, no. This this game overall doesn't do it for me, Sean. Yeah, I mean there are it, it's it's a pleasant enough experience in the 3D like exploration segments and like I do like some some things they did with the controls to sort of uh, add some versatility to the NES controller. Um, but yeah, everything that we've set up to this point between how slow everything is in that mode and how unchallenging it kind of is and how boring it can be when you're just traveling about looking for a fight. 
and then the just the vibe of the the shmup portion that you just described. I'm not going to describe it again. It is not an essential game. All right, so that's two no's. We can only wonder what Joe and Sam would have said, but uh, when they come back, they'll tell us. Yeah. And we'll come back next week. We have another game called Rollerball. Sean, any guesses? Um, is that like uh is that like murder ball? What's murder it, ball? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of rollerball. Uh it's a sport where people get hurt a lot. Yeah, the the one that um that famous movie was with the girls all playing in Yeah. yeah. What's that? What is that? Is that rollerball? Oh, you mean you mean like uh, derby, the roller derby? Yes, roller derby. There you go. Yeah, which is clearly what it's not because they would have just called it roller derby. But this is the time. I mean, there is a movie called Rollerball from the seventies. I think it is what we're talking about. Great. Okay. Um, so this is just a late adaptation of that movie, but on the NES. Yeah, let's do it. Great. Okay, so that's what that is. Look forward to that next week. Um, everybody go watch that movie, I guess. I, I've never seen it. I'm going to have to catch up on it, too. And then if you don't want to play Rollerball or you're just tired of American games, games released in North America, might I interest you in games released only in Japan because that's what we do over at Nostalgia Bites. Um, you can join us at patreon.com slash nostalgia. Spoiler alert, it's $5. Spoiler alert, it's worth it. <laughs> um... And the next game on the list for Nostalgia Bites is a game called Cocoron. And I am saying it like that, but it could be Cocoron. I don't know. Cocoron. I like Cocoron. You know, that's my... That's my Cocoron. Yeah. Oh, Maron. You know, <laughs> you know that's what the Italians are saying when I get the name wrong. They're like, oh, no, it's Cocoron. Uh, oh! Anyway, that game, platforming game, where you, like, build your character. Uh, I've never heard of that before. Imagine if you got to, like, select Mario's attributes uh, before you Whoa. started playing as him. That's pretty cool. Does can I like can I make him like kind of like cool and mean? Well, can I make him mean? Bold of you to assume it's a him. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mario. Right, right. You could make Mario in the game. Right, that's a good idea. Build but your like character a mean to be Mario. just like Mario. Yeah, but he's mean and he has a gun, <laughs> so it's M rated. <laughs> Shadow the Mario brother. Mario the Hedgehog. 